Greetings in the wonderful name of Jesus. What an honor for me to be with you today. Uh, in today's message, I have ministered on fruit bearing and how easy it is to bear fruit and how to know where and how you can be involved in the ministry in reaching people. This is what this message is about. I've already preached it yesterday. This is Monday morning where I'm making this uh, short recording. Now, I would like to share a vision that I have in my heart with you uh, before you start listening to the message. And this is only for those who feel in their heart to get involved in this. About a year ago, I went up to Lesotho. Lesotho is about 600 miles or about a thousand kilometers from Cape Town. And I met a man there called Johan Meyren. He's a pastor that has planted some churches in Lesotho in the mountains and as well has got a church in Wepener. And he's got a feeding project for orphans. He also teaches the orphans how to farm their own vegetables and all those kind of things. Now, what he does is he would get people from his congregation to uh, house these orphans and then he'll take responsibility for the clothing and the food of these orphans. Now, that is a wonderful uh, module that we can for project that we can have. Uh, it's a perfect, perfect way of getting the church involved in caring for the orphans where it's not going to cost the person a lot of money to house the child but where the poor don't always have money to feed another mouth he takes responsibility to feed those kids now i have never met a man that loves uh, orphans and kids like this man now, i've met many people in my life but there's never been a person that has been so faithful, loving, hardworking, caring for children, orphans like this person. He's got such a passion for these kids. You know, the, um, the, this guy, Johan, doesn't have a vehicle to uh, transport the food from a city that's about 150 kilometers from there to the kids. Uh, and because of this, you know, uh, he really struggles when it comes to food. And he can only make use of the small town that he lives in, which is really falling apart um, at the moment. You know, the government in that area is really pathetic and it, the whole place is falling apart. I've never seen a town fall apart like that in South Africa. I've seen some places, other, other places in Africa, but not in South Africa like Wepener is falling apart. The place is just is literally falling apart. Holes in the road, no care, people doesn't care. There's, there's just nothing going on in that town. And there's one little supermarket and uh, two other small shops that would make donations, you know, uh, of food that's close to the expiry date or something like that towards Yuhan. And then he would, um, you know, take that food and cook uh, meals for these kids. And he feeds up to 700 orphans, um, you know, in that area uh, cooking for them. Now, doing all of that without a vehicle is very, very difficult. And I felt upon my heart that Dynamic Love Ministries uh, should give a vehicle towards him. Uh, now, something good has happened. Somebody has come and heard about the vision that I have in my heart and said that he would uh, give a certain amount of money, you know, and uh, or basically half the amount of a vehicle that is suitable for Johan that he can use in transporting food, you know, um, to these kids. And uh, so we've, and, and I mean, we, we've got the vehicle already, but there's still half of the money outstanding, or less, less than half. Uh, we've got, we're going to do some 
um, you know, changes on the vehicle, put up a, a canopy at the back and some things, just make it easy for him uh, to use and uh, just bring some modifications to it. And we've got about 17,000 Rand, which is about $2,000 outstanding. And I would like to appeal to you to give towards that so that we as uh, Dynamic Love Ministries, which is just, it's much more than just me, it, is all, it includes all the supporters and the partners of Dynamic Love Ministries could contribute and give that uh, money towards him. Now, what Johan does is he would take the food from these little shops and then put it in a backpack and carry it you know, to the places where they've got to feed these kids. Now imagine you've got 100 kids over here, 150 kids in, in another place, and another 150 in another place, and in a week they feed like 700 kids, uh, carrying all the food and the utensils and everything. So, I mean, that is, it's almost to me, it is passionate, great zeal for what he wants to do, a love for those kids, doing that without complaining once, uh, but I just felt when I was there, man, we can really do something and help him. And uh, Johan spoke to me and also said to me that his, his uh, dynamic love ministries and the message I preach has impacted his life so in such a big way that he would love to be part of our ministry and do this work as a part of dynamic love ministries. So this is awesome for me, for I've always had a passion to be involved in um, you know, feeding kids, and now we can do it as Dynamic Love Ministries. So we can get involved, uh, we do our part, he does his part, and working together, we can really impact more and more people. Dynamic Love Ministries has got a much bigger platform than what Johan has in raising support and getting people to sponsor him in what he does. Now, we're going to do this with Johan, and we're also going to do the very same thing with Pastor Jerry in Zambia, where we've got 20 orphans, um, that needs money for schooling and, and all of those kind of things, but more about that later. I first want to focus on this vehicle. So what happened is uh, we bought the vehicle, we've got the vehicle here, half of the money is still, I now say half of the money all the time, half was paid, there's still about 17,000 Rand outstanding so that we can do all the modifications and everything to this vehicle. So. Um, if you want to give towards that, please do so. If you feel a passion in your heart to give towards these orphans, to help this pastor that is walking, carrying the food to these kids passionately, without complaining, without asking me, saying, Bertie, uh, I want you to buy me a vehicle. I could see his need. And he did say, man, you know, a vehicle will really be good. But he didn't try and hint uh, towards me, try and get me to buy him a vehicle or anything like that. I just saw a passion for these children. And uh, it, it, this, this guy needs this vehicle. So uh, we are going to give him the vehicle anyway. Uh, so this is an opportunity for you as a supporter of Dynamic Love Ministries to give towards this. And uh, I would love you to do so. If you want to give towards Dynamic Love Ministries in helping Johan, all you're going to do is go on to PayPal, uh, make a donation if you're international, and just write there, uh, orphans or Johan Meirung, the best will be just, uh, uh, you know, in the memo area, they put um, orphans and we would know exactly what that money is for or you can also put in their vehicle so that we can know that that money is for that. Um, I really appreciate your contribution. Trust that we will, just in this week to come, get, uh, get the $2,000 or the 17,000 Rand so that we can finish off this project as soon as possible. Johan will come down. And we will have an interview with him right here in the studio. And you will meet with him, see the passion in his heart. And you, I tell you, you will be so blessed to uh, just see who this guy is. 
and um, how passionate he is about the gospel of grace. Our doors open up for him even to preach the gospel in, in churches in the area, uh, planting churches, feeding orphans. This is such a wonderful project to invest in. Thank you so much for considering giving this and then giving as well. Um, just as the end of this, please don't feel manipulated or controlled into this. This is an appeal towards those in which God is working in your heart. So if God is working in your heart, follow the passion that is in your heart. Watch this message um, that I'm about to uh, show you that I preached on Sunday where I spoke about grace upon grace, the power unto uh, fruit, unto a good life, God's quality of life. And after watching this, um, you know, if you want to make a, make a contribution, we will really appreciate that. People's lives are being impacted. Uh, orphans are taught the grace message, you know, and they are fed. What an awesome thing to do. Uh, this is God's quality of life in action. Uh, thank you, Jesus, for that. So enjoy the message and know that God loves you, cares for you, and has got your need and your concern upon His heart, and He will meet your needs according to His riches and glory, and not your giving towards this project. In Jesus' name, amen. I would like to talk about grace as the influence unto good works. Um, you know, when we get into the, the gospel of grace, we find a great emphasis on rest and resting from what we, uh, you know, from works righteousness, that we are not righteous by our works. Um, Yet you'll find even uh, the, when, when Paul preached, he said, or Peter preached, after he preached in uh, the book of Acts, the people said to him, so uh, what must we do then? So what grace does is, um, it does bring forth a desire to do something. It doesn't take away your desire to do something. It will just give um, a different root or a different tree or a different it's it's a fruit that comes from a different seed uh, it is uh, where we were having guilt and condemnation as the father of our emotions as the father of what we did the father of our financial giving the father of our involvement in sharing the gospel uh, in our involvement in uh, how we uh, uh, raise our kids or in any form of outreach um, we had you know we have now not condemnation anymore but we have uh, the grace the influence of who God is as the father of that in our lives so we need to realize that um, and, and this is what I want to talk about, grace as the influence unto good works. You know, the Bible says that God prepared good works beforehand that we should walk in them. And you know, when I was in the U.S., I, I saw some different things about the grace of God. And uh, uh, I saw, you know, I asked this question. I said, God, how did you pre prepare good works beforehand that we can walk in them? I mean, how do you prepare a good work? You know, do you think of what they must do? Or how do you prepare a good work? How do you know it's good? Uh, how do you know it's beneficial? Uh, you know, so God prepared good works beforehand that we should walk in them. And you know, in my travel, 
uh, when I just and even when I'm here, when I preach, when I do what what the passion that is in my heart is to do, when I when I live it out, I find that I've got the highest quality of life. Yes. I've got so much joy. You know, I have peace, and uh, um, and I realize that this is the kind of life that God has prepared for us. And uh, so this is the life that I'm going to talk about. So first of all, I want to talk about grace. Uh, what is grace? And uh, we've heard grace uh, many times in this church, uh, but I'm going to just talk about it again in a way that I haven't ministered here before. Uh, grace, like we all know, is the divine influence upon the heart and the acting out in the life. It's a divine influence upon the heart and the acting out in the life. Uh, so in other words, what it is, it is a life that is lived from a belief. It's a life that's formed by what you believe and God influences what you believe and then what you believe is what you do. And uh, that is the easiest way of living. All of us do it anyway. Um, you live based on what influences your life. You live based on uh, what, um, you know, what forms your belief. So when uh, the news forms your belief, then you will do, eventually your belief will form your emotion and you will do what you feel. You know, like the first song we, we sang, uh, you know, I disagreed with the words there that says we, we don't going to live by what we feel. Now, I do understand the context in which it's written, you know, that we don't, uh, you know, I feel I want to do something bad or I feel I want to do something and I'm not going to live by what I feel or I feel I want to give up. I'm not going to give up because I know God has promised me something. That's, I believe there's a context of in which that song was written, but I am a very big supporter of we live by our feelings. Um, a feeling is the way God guides you. A feeling is the way in which He leads you. It's the safest way of living because God influences your belief. From your belief, emotions and feelings are born. Now there's a difference between an emotion and a feeling. An emotion is something that you feel in your mind when you just get information right away. You know, that's an emotion. It's, it's like I come to you and I say to you, this and this bad thing has happened, or this and this good thing has happened, and you're immediately excited and you feel that emotion. It is formed from direct information. But a feeling is something that is formed from a belief, which is formed from continual information over a period of time. And that is an inner feeling where I would go, um, for instance, and sit at an airport and the, the, the flight would be delayed and, you know, and delayed and delayed and delayed. And everybody, even the people at the airport say, listen, this flight is going to be completely cancelled and you'll have to look for a, for a hotel. And uh, you see this 400 people in the lineup, you know, to make bookings and reservations and stuff. And you realize you, you're not going to make it there. But there's a feeling inside me that says, I'm going to get a flight out of this town today. You know, but there, uh, there's an emotion that says you're not going to get it. You know, because of the information you see on the boards and everything. But there's an inner feeling. Uh, and I do believe that we live by that feeling, you know. And your emotion can also line up with your feeling, you know. If, if the information you get is in line with what you believe, which has come through continual hearing of God's gospel, God's grace. That's how God has designed us. He's designed us to live that way. Now, the Bible says in John chapter 1, uh, let, us, let me just read it for you. Um, John 1 and verse 14, it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. And this glory was full of grace and truth. 
and then verse 16 to 18 it says, And of His fullness, in other words this glory, have we received grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, He has declared Him. Like I said, grace is an influence upon the heart. Now if you go and look at that word it says there, in verse 16 in the beginning it says, And of His fullness have we received, and grace for grace. Now for many years I never knew what that meant. Grace for grace. Now what is grace for grace? Uh, many translations just translate it as abundance of grace. Uh, uh, overflow of grace. Grace upon grace upon grace upon grace is what some translations say. But the word upon there is only used seven times in the New Testament. And it means because of. Because of. So we have received grace because of grace. Now that makes even less sense. You know. So, but this is, this is beautiful. Uh, John wrote something here that... Um, is very very powerful and there are two you know I, I read many commentaries on this and there was nothing that could satisfy me because everything just says a lot of grace uh, but so I can now write my own commentary <laughs> you know with what I think this says now there, there are two meanings of this that I would say grace because of grace uh, it could mean this and, and I do believe it also includes this that by what Jesus Christ has done he has influenced the human race he became a man when he became a man he became a man under the law uh, and when he became a man under the law uh, he became a man that had likeful sinful passions as what we had or, or what we have as human beings he, he became that kind of a man and then he uh, uh, and when he became a human he included the Jews and the Gentiles because both both of them have sin and both of them are humans and then when he died he died away the whole Levitical law system and brought forth one new kind of a man uh, I like I, th I think it's the, the the message says a new species a new kind of a being he brought forth which was neither Jew or Gentile it was a new kind of a being a being that can now live by faith and not uh, um, an outside commandment which you try to obey by uh, human willpower okay he brought a new kind of a being now by doing that whole action that he brought forth was called grace. He, he influenced mankind. It's, it's a divine influence on the human race. Now when we see this influence, like I've many times preached, you know, with the new South Africa, we see that, uh, you know, when the old uh, uh, regime started to speak to Nelson Mandela and the whole thing was brought forth and a new nation was born in one day, they influenced all of us. Now, this influence came without your faith, without your participation. It was what the government decided for everybody. And it was, uh, it had an influence on everyone. Everyone. If you believe it or not, you became, a, you became a new South African. You became part of the Rainbow Nation. If you wanted it or not. So that was an influence. Now, when we behold this influence, because of this influence, it now 
influences the individual that sees this. Okay, so it is an influence because of a global influence. Now this influence that is upon our hearts because of what we see, Paul said that when we stand under that influence, sin loses its power over us and we find the very nature of God living in us. That's what happens when we stand under that. Um, it, it literally talks about a breaking of the slavery that we were under. A slavery of fury. Like I, lo I love that lo last song that says, Fear and shame is not here anymore. We don't live by that because His name was spoken. And when His name was spoken, fear was taken out of the way. Uh, 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 expectation of bad, an expectation of a negative judgment, an expectation of condemnation. And like I preached uh, in Romans 7, uh, what no condemnation really means, it me doesn't mean that you do will not feel guilty anymore, because I find many grace people still feel guilty when they do some wrong things, you know, or things that's contrary to their nature. But what it actually means is we will not be condemned to a life where we are, where we are enslaved to the passions of the flesh where we could not be free from it by willpower. We were always enslaved to it. We were always enslaved to anger. We were always enslaved to pride. We were always enslaved to the fruit of the flesh mentioned in Galatians 5. Now, when we don't make use of works righteousness anymore, when we don't relate to God based on our works anymore, when we don't relate to who we are based on uh, manifestation in this life, what we drive, what we where and all those kind of things or the success we attain in this life like uh, yesterday um, uh, my, my son Aubrey they played hockey and uh, they won 7-0 now obviously the school they played against wasn't very strong and Malmesbury is strong. I mean, I think we were, was it Paddle Gymnasium gespeel and Geleikop gespeel or something like that, you know. So we are strong in, in, in hockey. But if he must find his identity out of the 7-0, uh, all kinds of passion, passions for sin will come forth in his heart and he will start to think he's better than others he will and who knows what will come forth you know it can manifest in any form but God brought a new way for man where we don't have to use any of those things anymore to find our identity and who we are we don't have to be influenced by what God even do in our lives to say who we are uh, like I've just come from the US, had an awesome time. You know, people roll out the red carpet for me. Uh, th they love me. You know, um, they, they, they want to spread the message I preach. They I'm celebrated. Okay, but if I must go and find my identity out of how they celebrate me, um, I will find all kinds of passions bring, coming forth in my heart, you know, to want more of it. You know, and then I will start to bring forth systems in the ministry where I will abuse people, you know, to get their time and their money to follow a vision I have so that I can have more acceptance in people because that is where my, my acceptance lies. Um, but thank God that under the old, let me put this way, under the old, you didn't have a choice. You had to have your identity by that. Because there was no other system under which man could live. 
But Jesus killed that system, brought forth a new system, and that was grace. Even before you believed it. That's what the Bible talks about in Romans 5. The grace wherein we all stand. It's a universal grace. It was a universal influence like Adam had a universal influence based on what he has done. So now when we hear about this universal influence and we can believe upon it, when we hear it, it then influences us. So we can now say that we have of his fullness received an individual influence because of a global influence. So there has to be a global truth that can make an individual influence. Like I would go to the lady in the elevator and say to her, I want to tell you, one man 6,000 years ago made you a slave of sin, a slave of, of a system where you are defined by where, where you rank in this hotel, basically. But Jesus took that away. And by the taking that away, it was not just the taking away of the system, but it was taking away what fuels death. It took away what fuels death. It's amazing to think that unconditional love, you know, will, and, and giving things for free as a free gift, righteousness as a free gift, being in Christ as He is your representative, that simplicity will take away what fuels death and sin. You know, our, our human mind cannot think of it that way. We wouldn't, it, it doesn't make sense. Like the one place I preached, the, the, the guy came to me afterwards and he said to me, um, he said to me, but he can't agree, how can God have loved somebody like Hitler? that killed so many Jews, you know. And how could God have loved people that, uh, um, you, you know, would stab somebody 90 times with a knife and cut him open? You know, God can't love such a person. I said to him, God's love was portrayed, you know, while we were sinners. And He loves that person and He knows that that sin that that person commits is not Him that is doing that sin. But it is sin using a system of ranking, of law, you know, which brings this person to such a place of desperation that he is so enslaved to the sinful passions that arises in him that he cannot help himself. That is what God knows. And He saw His child enslaved. And He wants His child free. Amen. That's what He wants. Therefore, He came and gave Him the opportunity to believe in something else that will not bring forth sinful passions, but what will bring forth God's uh, kind of life which was designed for Him before the foundation of the world. So that He can have God's quality of life. But the only power unto that quality of life, which is called salvation, where we are saved from the enslavement of the flesh system, the only power unto that is called the gospel. The Bible says the very good news is the power of God that will set us free from any kind of an enslavement. Now this enslavement, you know, manifested in many ways. It manifested in, uh, um, you, you know, mainly it would manifest in um, 
Selfzuchtigheid. I don't know what is what, what's that. Selfishness. Selfishness. You know, forget money. You know, you find many people they will give so much money to the church because they're actually selfish. Uh, for uh, th they will do a lot for the poor because they are actually selfish. You know, and then that love of of money, that love of of affirmation by uh, um, the, the, the work system is the root of every law system thing that we want to bring forth in this life. So uh, please don't hear that, I, that, that I'm trying to get you to give money to the church or anything like that. I, I want to preach freedom here. That you can experience the highest quality of life that you can have, that you can possibly have. So the only way unto a fr that freedom of life where you can really be who you, who you are is the gospel. Paul said that I'm not ashamed of this gospel for it is the power of God, the dunamis of God unto salvation or eternal life. And it goes on, you know, if, if, in the same context, if you go and read John chapter 1 verse 12, he says, as many as received Jesus, he has given them the authority or the power to find the very being of God born into them by God. So in other words, the difference between, and this is what the Bible says, he says, uh, where sin abounded, grace abounded even more. Let me explain that. The Bible says when you put somebody, the, the, the law system, and, and forget just the Ten Commandments, the, the law system, the system where you are what you do, where you say, I'm blessed because I bought a new car. You know, where you say, where your belief is, your blessedness is defined in your financial prosperity or how many people you help or how many people I, I touched, you know, on my trip to the US or Europe. You know, it, it, that is a problem, you know. So, um, so, so when we realize that we cannot measure ourselves by the, uh, the, the outside system and another system is offered, you know, when you were in the old and you would tell somebody, don't believe you are what you do, you know what will happen? The same sinful bondage life will manifest in him. Because Jesus hasn't died. Jesus really died. You know, and when he died, that system and its power over people that choose not to make use of that system has died. So that power is gone. And you are now, you are now a partaker of a different form of power. And where sin abounded, where the law system came in, and, and even the Ten Commandments was given for the purpose of more sin manifesting, and what he was saying there, the power in which this life of defeat manifests, where you cannot stop it, is so great that you cannot stop it. The power that will manifest his quality of life exceeds the power you know let, let, let's use kilowatt for instance if if you would say the negative power that causes a person to sin would be 10 kilowatt and human willpower is 500 watt you know, or a half a kilowatt so you cannot resist it you will be a slave of that sin power you cannot resist doesn't matter how much you try that's why so many times we want to get 20 people together to agree because we want to add all the half kilowatts, you know, to resist the 10, you know, kind of a thing. Um, where, where God says, listen, you know, when you come, the power that causes you to be who you don't want to be is 10 kilowatts. 
And the law was given so that it can even increase to 20 kilowatt. So that you can really see, you cannot. And where sin abounded, where sin became 20 kilowatt, grace abounded even more. So the power of resurrection is greater than the power of death. So the power that would lead you to sin and death was 20 kilowatt. But now the power of grace... Where sin abounded, where sin became more powerful, when it, when it went from 10 to 20 kilowatt, grace abounded even more. Why? Because it could raise Jesus from the dead. So even if all of sin bound together in one man could kill somebody, God could raise him from the dead by the Holy Spirit. And that is the power that raises your life up into being a kind of a being that wants to give your life for others. And having the highest quality of life, which God possesses. Amen. That is called grace because of grace. Now, there was something else that dawned on me when I was in the U.S. And I think this is the second way in which you could see that. The Bible says grace is a divine influence upon the heart. Now, if, we look, if John said, we looked at Jesus and we saw Him full of grace. Now, Jesus is God in human flesh. So what he was saying is, I saw a divine influence upon the heart of God. I saw God full of grace. Okay? So here is God full of something divine that influences his heart. Now, the Hebrew meaning for grace is, is, is the following. It means, when you see... Um, the attributes of a person, when the attributes of a person manifests and is behold as beauty. Now let me explain it to you this way. You know, you can meet, um, it, you know, it was like with me and Helena. I wasn't the most attractive guy. But she saw me as very beautiful because of who I am. Because if you look at people, and you, you will see it a lot, you will see it's not always the a very handsome guy that gets the very attractive girl. Because women are more uh, open for who the person is than how he looks. So they will, be, they will look at who is this person and that will be seen to them. That is how they see their beauty. Now that system which is called, you know, I... I don't look at the outside form to determine the beauty, but this person's attributes is what makes him beautiful, is what the Hebrew word for grace means. Mm. It means that when you influence this person with something, you find when he reveals himself, beauty manifests. You just want to fall in love with what you see. And that is also what I believe was what, what they saw in Jesus. We saw in Jesus something influencing him and then the way he dealt with it was beautiful to us. Now what could be the divine thing that could have an influence on God? We. You were the divine influence upon God's heart. You are. We are. I think I said it here before, and, and, and for those of you that watch via the internet, I've used this example all, all the places I preach in the US. It is so powerful. If you lose your child in the shopping mall, how do you feel after five minutes? And how do you feel after a day? 
differs. He differs. After five minutes, he's at this rascal. You know, he doesn't listen. I told him he must be here. And after a day, you don't care how his room looks. Exactly. You don't care if he got 35 or 85 for his math test. Because you're talking the language of value now. Now you find someone in your equality because he's born from you. He's your heir. Everything that you possess belongs to him. You, even the day when he was born, you knew you would be his servant for eternity. <laughs> Isn't it? When your child's born, you know that you, parent means servant. That's what it means. To me, that's what it means. You, you're going to care for that child until the day you die. He will take more responsibility upon himself, but you know, even when you are 90 years of age, and he's 70 years of age, you will, want, you will know my life is there to give him the best advice, so that he can have the best quality of life. Isn't it? You see someone that is in your likeness, someone like you, and this valuable being is now lost. Now imagine you and your child, uh, you, you would say to him, listen, um, I want you to clean your room, I want you, when you finish with the computer, switch the thing off, tidy up, you know, when you've done this and that, clean up after yourself, whatever, I want you to, to study. I want you to get good marks in school. You tell him all those things. So he can easily have a perception of you that you are legalistic. You are just a law dad. But when, when he gets taken by someone else and he sees... Now, when he gets taken, you see how he influences your heart. I mean, he's got an influence upon your heart. You believe that, this is what you'll believe, a very, very valuable being is lost and in danger. That's what God believed about man when Adam sinned. He believed that the possession designed for his quality of life, the possession, the being that he designed to be his best friend, is in a place where he has... And he's in a situation that he has never been designed for. He's outside of his design. He cannot, he doesn't know and cannot function in a place of observance of outside commandments. Trying to find his, his being in what he does. He cannot function that way. He will be destroyed. He will die. And now he's in that system. Now you, you, God saw that. You, when he saw it, it influenced him. It influenced him. And when we beheld how, when we beheld that influence, we saw how God manifested based on when we sinned. And we saw what he did. He came and took away what caused our death. So there was a grace in the heart of God. There was a divine influence. We are divine. Don't think you're not divine. You are divine. Divine means godly. Do we say that we are the offspring of God? Doesn't the Bible say we are His offspring? In Him we live and move and have our being? What that means is, if you are a human being, your being derives from God. And God is your Father. 
And the reason why you are a being that can think and reason and believe and have emotions and feel passion is because you find your being in God. It's because He is like that. And you were made by Him for Him. Born from Him. Therefore, that's why you are like that. The only being that can really define who God is is human beings. Because we find our being in Him. Animals don't. Angels don't. But we do. Glory to God. Okay, so now here is this being that's made to be influenced, that understands the language of love, that can come to conclusions. You know, the Bible says, the, the one guy said so beautifully there in the US, he said, wisdom and knowledge is this. It is to connect all the dots and come to a bottom line conclusion. All wisdom, wisdom would be to know how you can connect all the dots in the gospel and come to a bottom line conclusion which would be obviously that I am righteous and holy and blameless before him his kind made for his fellowship to function as God is part of God that's the bottom line conclusion wisdom would be knowing how to take the scriptures and what Christ has done and to come to that conclusion so here we sit and, and I don't want to get off the point here we sit with a being that was divinely influenced by something divine which is us and when we beheld how he dealt with this influence which was to give his son we came to the conclusion this was not about laws when my son sees that I will give my life to save him he realizes it's not about what mark he gets in school it's not about if he made his bed or not it's about who he is and his value and then he sees who I am and it is beautiful to him so when we saw Jesus and the grace how the, the, the personality of God manifested as beauty in the presence of people who rejected him and sinned in his presence we saw this is beautiful and attractive and it influenced our hearts therefore you can also say grace because of grace in his heart we were influenced in our hearts because of the influence that was upon his heart and manifested as beauty you know I hope you understand what I'm trying to say here when we see how our God reacts when we've done something wrong it's got a beautiful influence on our heart that gives us power to have his quality of life that's grace for grace so, when God, when we are in the dispensation of grace, you know, um, and like somebody said to me before the service, it's like we are guarding so much against works righteousness that we actually come to a point where we do nothing. Now, I think that is the best place to be from where, because now you ha you, you've come to a place where you say, I am not influenced by works anymore so you are now at a place where works righteousness and guilt does not dictate to you anymore where your heart can now where you can follow the prompting of the Holy Spirit or the feeling in your heart on what to do because you know I don't do for I, He lives in me and, and let me explain that uh, from um, Ephesians 2 because if I look at my life 
I'm reaching more people than ever in my life. Ever, you know. We, I, I met a guy and I shared with you guys about this guy in Lesotho, you know. Um, he's, 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 he's feeding orphans and he's preaching grace. Now he didn't know the grace gospel. He, he watched me on television and he, he wanted to uh, share, you know, uh, um, you, you know, some good preachers with his people. And he watched me on TV and he thought, let me get this preacher to come. And uh, so because he knew I was coming, he was listening to more of my messages. And as he listened to more of them, he got more and more into the message of God's grace. To the point that he took my stuff, translates them in Sutu, transcribes it, take like two page messages of everything I preach, Niku preaches, and put it in Sutu and photocopy it and dish it out to leaders so they can get the gospel of grace. He invited me there, our hearts got connected, I saw how he's, he's feeding the orphans. And inside my heart, a passion arose to buy this guy a vehicle. I want to buy him a bucky, you know. So, um, and, and I didn't have money to buy him a bucky. So I just said, listen, and, and I felt the Lord gave me a strategy on how to do this. So, thank God, somebody came and donated half the money for the vehicle. You know, and obviously we're going to make it available for more people uh, on, on the web to give towards this. And um, this guy is becoming part of the ministry and we're working together and we're going to feed these orphans, plant churches. Now, you know, th there was a desire in my heart. I want to feed orphans, but I don't want to feed orphans. I don't know if you hear what I'm saying. I want to help the poor, but I don't want to help the poor. Now that sounds wrong because I felt in my heart I didn't want to go and cook a pot of food. I want to study the scripture and preach the gospel to leaders. That's what I want to do. But yet in my heart there's a desire to feed those kids. So what I said was, and you remember the teaching that I taught on how to hear God's voice where He works in your heart to will and to do. God will do nothing without your permission. So what I said was, you know, I had a passion in my heart to, to give towards the, the, this guy. And uh, so what we did was, and I also had a passion to give on a monthly basis towards this guy. So I said, Father, I want to give towards this person. You know, and I allow you to provide for me to do it. Or should it be that I mismanage my money in some way? I don't care. I allow you to make it possible in whatever way it is to contribute to Him. Because if, if I'm pampered by you and you give me the desires in my heart, then you will not say, I'm just doing it through you. You'll give me a desire and then I make my way known to you. In other words, what I agree with, what I allow you, to bring forth in my life, you'll bring forth. God will not even save you without your permission. It must be something that, that comes from a... We, we are, we've got something to do with a relationship-orientated God. Where it is not an outside commandment of what you must do for God. He's never... If you're waiting for that, you're going to wait until heaven and you will not even find it there. It's not there. God doesn't function from an outside commandment. You must feed the poor. He will come and you'll be pampered by Him. And in that pampering, you will find a desire. And maybe you don't see a way in how to bring it forth. All you say is, God, I make known to you that 
I allow you to bring this forth because this is how I believe you speak to me to will as well as to do so you bring it forth so I am willing to have this happen and done in my life then the Bible says then you rest and he'll bring it forth you know we start to support that guy financially uh, I'm not sure about the amounts now but we it increased we first gave him the amount then it increased and now we're giving him a vehicle and God brought it forth yes, but I realized that the highest quality of life for me is not just to sit at home and not have God's quality of life but to have his life to say God the only way that I'm gonna know what your life for me is is by what you work in my heart to want to do I want to have this church I want to preach here I want to see these people happy isn't it I make it known to him and there are many desires that come forth that way that God has prepared beforehand that I should walk in them which is tailor-made for me you know I needed Helena to go with me on this trip to the United States I mean I've traveled many many years without taking her with me but there was a desire in my heart you know that I said father I want to take Helena with me it wasn't my desire it was God giving me that desire you know if you start to understand grace as a place of influence because of who the other person is you really start to treasure your feelings it becomes beautiful to you it becomes powerful to you it's like I asked the people in the US if God lives in you where does God think <laughs> and if God lives in you where does God feel If you say you are one with God and you say that you are born from Him and that His Spirit lives in you, where does God feel and think and want? But in you. You know, when we start stand, you know, this principle is, we are human beings. This is the way we function. If you put yourself under the law, where will the law think? In you. Where will the law feel in you? That's why I don't say do whatever you want. I say get into a place where you hear God's love. And then you do what you want. Then you make your want known to God. And God will give birth to that, to the manifestation of that by His resurrection power that has conquered death. Meaning nothing can stop it. Nothing. Nothing could stop me from buying that guy a vehicle. It's impossible. Nothing. I shall buy him and I'm gonna buy more people vehicles without you know it was so nice for me to end my US trip and to say this trip was paid for cash without manipulating controlling and hinting for a cent grace works I had a desire to go there I had desire to preach to those people you know, it was in my heart. I said to God, I allow you to use my body and my family as a family through which people can be touched. And then I just saw how God brought it forth. And I just follow in that very same system. Then I feel, listen, um, share with this guy about the, 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 the system. 
you know what you do I just find man I want to speak to this person about what we're gonna do so the other day I spoke to a person about it he said to me you know before you went to America I said to God I want to give you you know a certain amount of money but I just felt it, it had to be for some project or something and then when I came back I said to him this is now what I'm gonna do he said to me I pay half of the vehicle and he arranged the he arranged everything the vehicle is at my house at his house I can, I'm fetching it this afternoon so isn't that awesome? awesome. Isn't that awesome? Uh, 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 another guy came to me before, the, before I went to the US. He said to me, man, isn't one of your vehicles needing a service or something? I want to do it for you. So now I'm going to take this vehicle and have him do that. He says, when you come back, anything, I want to help you. So we're going to have him. He's going to do it. So in the very same way, I want to say to you, that's how we follow our heart. That's how we know what to do. We are careful not to have an outside commandment because we know God doesn't work that way. That will kill us. We're following an inside passion that God has given us. And uh, let me read this verse. Now remember, this system is more powerful than... Uh, this system doesn't function at 20 kilowatt, it functions at 1000 kilowatt. This is the power that will bring this forth. So even if you are in this church, you know, and it comes to what must I do, or what must I contribute, how can I help? Listen, I'm not going to stand in front and give you a vision on how to reach the people in this, in this place. My vision and my passion is to do what I do here on a Sunday. And this is what I do. And my passion is to assist any person in whatever way I can with the vision God puts in your heart. I hope you understand that. So we can reach people in our area. Should you have the desire to reach them. And when you have that desire, don't just think, I have this desire. Say to God, God, now I hear you working in me to do this. And I feel this passion. And I make it known to you. And I allow you to do it. I want to tell you, it works exactly the same with sin. Do you know why you have a desire not to sin? It's because God puts that desire in you. And now you think, well, I've got a desire not to do it, so now I'm not going to do it. No, no. Now you make known to God. You say, God, it's right with me. You can set me free from this. It's okay. I'm not opposing that freedom. <laughs> I allow you. You know, it's like, uh, this is now marital talk, but, you know, I can have... A desire that she can have a child my child and then I can you know and, and then she can have a desire you know to have a child but there will have to come a day when she says I give you permission to have a child in my body and God uses family to explain how he works with us why do we always want to try to be free from something when God said that he will give us the desire of our heart then we make the desire known to him and he shall bring it forth so I allow God I said God this body I present it as an instrument of righteousness I present this body as a place through which thousands can hear your message I'm not going to try and build a ministry now because I've presented it. No, no. Now I wait for God to bring it forth. How does He bring it forth? He gives me the next feeling. You know, speak to this guy. He gives me a next feeling. I just feel, go on the internet, you know, check something out. Ah, oh, here's a nice car. 
you know, that we can, a vehicle we can use or whatever. For let me give example with this vehicle. I didn't feel to um, to go and even look for a specific vehicle or prices or nothing. Nothing. The guy came. I shared with him. He said. You don't worry about anything. I will even go and look for one. He looked for one. He said, is this okay with you? I said, it's okay with me. He says, I pay half. Thank you. The guy brought it through from George yesterday. That's just the way it is. I didn't feel to do anything with that. Even invitations, where I go in the world. I will not be led by a big church. You can preach in somebody's house you know and that one person is the next Billy Graham Amen. you know just do what you feel you know and trust that God works in you you know that now now, now let me read this verse quickly and, and we're going to end off with this um, Ephesians 2 verse 8 to 10 for by grace are you saved through faith by grace by God influencing you are you kept safe from the law system I want to just use my own words, translate that into my own understanding of it. By God's divine influence upon what you believe and how you believe about Him, by Him influencing you with your love, He says, we are saved, kept safe through the persuasion we have in our hearts that He has. Okay? And not of, this is not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. Not of works, let any man should boast. For we are, listen, you cannot boast in works. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before had ordained that we should walk in them. Now let me explain that. that I always condemned myself with that verse. But this is the most, one of the most beautiful verses explaining the Trinity. How does this come to the Trinity? This is, this is my conclusion on this. If good works was prepared beforehand, and even in Ephesians 1 it says He has ordained us unto the adoption of sons, which I don't have time to explain now, but it talks about something that happened before the law was there. It talks about something that happened in the Godhead. Now, this is how I believe the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit works. The Father loves the Son, and the Son loves the Father in the Holy Spirit. Okay, and towards the Holy Spirit. They believe in each other. In this platform of love, like I shared just before I left, in this platform of love, when you find certain fruit coming forth, when two people really love each other, the first thing that's born from love is called trust. Or the word believe. You start to believe in the person. When, you, when, a, when a person comes to you, and like say Jan comes to my house and we visit, okay, then I see who he is. I, I see how he talks. I see what makes him happy, what makes him sad. And in that, through that information, I get persuaded of his love for me and my family. Okay? That persuasion of love gives birth to a thing called trust. And once you trust somebody, you find more fruit come forth. Things like kindness, long-suffering. Uh, things like, uh, um, I, I want to give something of myself to Him. I want to lay down my life for Him. I want to be good to Him. He wants to be good to me. And I believe this is what happened in the Godhead beforehand. The Father and the Son were kind to each other. Because of the platform of love and trust. 
then they lived this wonderful life. The father could feel how it felt to have so much adoration for someone else that his heart is so open to the son that the son influences him. And the son, you know, because the son lived before the world was. The Bible says, I was with him. Before Moses was, I was, Jesus said. He said, thank you for restoring me with the glory I had before I came here. So Jesus was already in friendship with the Father, you know, before he came to the earth. In that friendship, you found that the son had so much adoration for the Father, that he would do anything for the Father. And because of this absolute, because of this love and the fruit from love kind of a love that had actions that flowed from it, the Father said, these wonderful actions, the, the emotion that is so powerful that I want to give my life, the, the Son lays his life down for the Father, the Father lays his life down for the Son, that they only speak well. That's where the word bless comes from. It originates from God to speak well of. Where the Father speaks well of the Son, the Son speaks. This is the highest form of life. To have a belief that brings forth emotions where you can have a life that is called love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, meekness, temperance, faith. That is the highest form of life. And God lived that life. And that's how that life was, that's how that good works was prepared beforehand for us. For God lived it. He's living it today. And He said, this life that I have now, that we live now. This is not just for us. This kind of a life is prepared for many more to share in. So let us make man in our image and in our likeness created to function this way. So that we can feel and experience true life, true adoration for people. That when I look at people, you know when I, I went to Bourbon Street. Now do you know Bourbon Street? They are not known for their mission work. You know, B Bourbon Street in, in, in New Orleans is um, it's a street where there's basically no law. You can do whatever you want. And then they've got the Mardi Gras. You know what the Mardi Gras is? It's 40 days of sin before you confess. And they have it in those streets. You know, so, uh, and I mean, it wasn't the Mardi Gras time when I was there, but still, you know, you'll find people at 8 o'clock in the morning drunk because they start to drink at 7. It's a place of sin. Okay? So my, my pastor's friend said to me, he says, have you ever heard of Bourbon Street? I said, I've, I've never heard of Bourbon Street. He said, um, if you're here, you must go to Bourbon Street. So one morning we went to Bourbon Street. Then we walked down Bourbon Street. And he told me the whole story of Bourbon Street. And I preached in another church and I said to them, I went to Bourbon Street. And then the one lady shouted out, so what did you go and do there? <laughs> and this is what I said. I said, I went to have a look at innocent people and to feel what God feels towards people that sin. Because where God feels is inside me. And with this right gospel, if you're in the right gospel, where the law feels and condemnation, judgment feels, is also in you if you allow that seed in your heart. But now I've got the gospel in me. So now I can go and walk down that street and just feel how the Godhead feels about people. And you just want to cry. 
because you see no condemnation you see a passion for people that is not seen as sinners but enslaved to something they don't know exactly. it gives birth to actions you know you start to feel and that is how God lives and that kind of life was prepared beforehand by him living that life and he said let's allow others into this life that is the good works prepared beforehand hallelujah amen so I want to encourage you grace unto good works because so now do we boast in our good works no how can I boast if I buy somebody a vehicle how can I boast I've been designed and created to naturally have, be, be under the influence and have what influences me live in me this is what I've been made for and what you've been made for we've been made for that kind of a life you know when I am when I live a life of um, I'm so worried my stuff's going to get lost I'm so worried about um, you know the economy I'm so worried about this you know I've not, I'm not made for that life you are not made for that life you're not made to worry about your child's education I promise you you're not made for that you've never been designed for that work you've been designed made for by God to have peace all the time and you've been, been, been made and designed for by God not to have peace by deciding to have peace but to have Him as the root of your peace you've been designed as a being that can have His quality of life as a gift that's the only way you can have it because there's people in the US if you're not willing to have grace as a gift or have eternal life as a gift then you cannot have it and thank God that he didn't invite me into observing his actions trying to copy his actions and so have access into feeling good works because if you try to copy a good work you know you can never feel what a good work feels like if you take your hundred rand and put in the box in the back there because you feel that is what is what what, um, what what must be done you know listen you will have the action but you will never feel how it feels to be generous and to have a life born from generosity giving something there are so many things you know and let me end off for the last time <laughs> If I look at our church, and this message is more directed towards our church and not, not the web, you know, but um, it can include a lot of people on the web that feels they're part of our church. If you want to be involved, you know, in this church, in the ministry, whatever, there will be a feeling in your heart. And I want to encourage you, you know, to say to God, I allow this. I allow this. Hallelujah. And just as he allows you as you say God I allow you to do this I want to tell you within 30 minutes a burden will fall from you within 30 seconds you'll feel that thing has lost its power that has kept you back of doing what you really want to do now look at just a practical thing you know thank God for this pulpit that we use here you know Booty failed to make this thing you know I don't give Mbuti all the glory for it, but thank God that he did it. But he felt in his heart, he works with wood. That's his passion. So when he heard, 
you know, we need this thing. Or he didn't, we didn't even hear. I, I was just upset because we didn't have a pulpit. Then he saw that as a need. And he felt the desire. And he allowed God to do it through him. You know? And here we have a very nice pulpit that I thank God for every day. Every day when I walk in and I see this thing stand here, I've got gratitude in my heart. Because I know this was born from God. It wasn't manipulated out of people. It was born from God. And I do believe that our congregation and people watching via the web, you can have, we can have a very big impact on people's lives based on what God puts in your heart. I don't want to form a desire in your heart. You have your own relationship with God. God forms that in your heart. And you start to live and do that. You know? One of the big things that binds us is finances. You know, and I, and I, and I, you know when I was in the U.S., yes, the, I got nailed on what I preach on money, man. You know, uh, people would, uh, uh, they would write me, they would, whatever, you are wrong, you are this, you are that. But I cannot believe in the old system of doing, of manipulating and controlling. Yet I do believe, you know, that should we only sit in a place where we say, well, God works this desire and well, at least I feel and then forget about it and don't understand that we give Him the permission to do it, you know. The grace will not have fruit. Because God came to work in us to will and to do and what happens is the law system that says that, well, and this is what I see what happened in, in grace, is we still have a slave mentality of, well, if God wants to do it, let Him then do it because I am not actually in the level of God. I'm not on His level. You are on the level of God. Meaning that God needs your permission to do something. So He will work in you divinely to will. Even in Jesus. You know, Jesus came to a place where the Father worked in the heart of Jesus and then He said, not my will be done, but your will be done. So what was happening is there was a, a, a will that was formed by emotion because of the situation. But there was a feeling which was in the heart of Jesus which supersedes emotion because I'm painting now which is in my heart knowing who I am and why I'm here for. And for the joy that was set before Him He endured the cross. And what was that joy? It was you. You are that joy. It was said before him. What was that joy? The joy of you sitting with him in the Godhead, sitting around the same table, knowing what it feels to have his quality of life. That's what it's all about. So we can say now, you know, God, I allow this. So you can say, you know, you wanted to give a hundred rand or you want to get involved in something and, and you, you, you always had a fear. Well, am I going to make it or not? You know, at the end of the month. Listen, this is what you say to God. God, I have a desire to be a giver. It is in me. I want to. You work it in me. This is the only way we're going to have quality of life. And thank you for making it possible for me. I allow you to bring forth, you know, this life in me. And I'm not going to live under the illusion that I need millions to do anything. I am functioning not from I'll become, but I am. And you bring forth in me. And I want to encourage you, you know, we've heard about the gifts of the Spirit so many times. But in this church, we are open for it. What you do is, if you feel you've got a word for somebody, you know, God's not going to take your mouth and force you to say it. Go and say it. You know, go and say it. If you see somebody in need, need needs a hug or whatever, you will feel in your heart, I want to do it. 
And I was in, I was in, um, in, in Hungary now. And um, I sat there and I felt there were, there were two girls that was with me in school. And I mean, I never think of these people. Never. And I thought of these two girls. And I looked them up on Facebook. And then found they friends of mine. <laughs> you know, because you don't know all the friends. And then I said, I just feel this is what God says to you. Now, how did I know? I felt to just share it. Come on. You know? And then some people in our church, I did the very same thing. I said, I feel the Lord lays upon my heart. Make what you know is the best for you. Pursue that. Simple word. Just give that word. And I, I want to encourage you. Let, let us live that way in our congregation. And let's have grace unto good works. Where we can have his life manifest in us. That is how it's going to happen. It's never going to happen by me putting a law in front of you. You know, I'm not going to stand here and uh, um, every Sunday say, listen, you know, we need to give money. Listen, we need to pay the place. Listen, we need to uh, reach out to people. Listen, we need to. Because you don't need to. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. What I'm going to do is I'm going to present who you are and then trust and believe and this is my passion if I can live a life where nobody tells me what to do why must I have a life where I tell you what to do why must you have a life of a boss over you no you, you can, you are, you've got a right by the resurrection of Jesus Christ to have a life where you can hear God in your own heart why must I enjoy nice fellowship with the Trinity and then you can get the crumbs that falls from the table that's not right. That's not what Jesus died for. He died that every human can have his own relationship with the Father. And let us do it that way. And I believe that we, you'll find a passion for people rise in your heart. You can look at the life that Jesus had. And you can see, that is how it's going to look at the end. Don't try and fake it, but no, that's where it's going. That's where it's going. Amen. Father, I want to thank you so much that you are a good God. I want to thank you so much that you are a God of love. I want to pray for every person here and everyone that's watching via the web. Thank you for grace unto good works which has been prepared beforehand by you living that life. We can also say, Father, that uh, we, we, you, have, you, have, you had a life before the earth was made and you have prepared us to have that life and thank you for that thank you thank you thank you father i want to pray for every person that is here thank you for working in each one's heart thank you lord that each one will in his heart feel uh, uh, your, what, what you say and uh, that they will say lord i allow this and this and this like i would allow you I feel a feeling in my heart, Father, and I'm not ashamed to say before you and all these people that I want to cycle through the Alps. And I make it known to you, and I know it's going to happen by the power of the resurrection. Amen. Thank you, Father. As what I had a feeling to buy somebody a vehicle. And as what I have a feeling to preach on what I had today, born from you. Thank you that we don't have to have a cold relationship with you, which is from an outside commandment, but... God that lives in us. You work in my heart to have healing from this sickness. And now I say, 
you can do it. You do it. I've tried long enough and I'm tired. You do it. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. We don't have to come in our finances when we need more money or anything like that and manipulate you with scriptures that says, you have said you shall care. Thank you, Father, that the desire that is in us when we are under grace to have finances is not born from the law, is not born from television or society. It's born from you putting in our hearts and we say, we allow you, Father, to provide for us. We allow you to give us the best jobs that will be the best for us, where we will not be abused or hurt, uh, where we will be paid properly. We allow you to give us things like contentment. If you're tired of being discontent, say to God, God, the desire to be content, I wish I could be content. That is God working in you to will. Say, God, I make it known to you. I allow you to bring forth contentment and you'll see what happened to you. Do it right now. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen.